Hey y'all, I'm Taylor DeHaze. I'm obsessed with all things business and fitness. I left my career as a TV reporter, followed my dreams, and created a seven-figure online coaching business in just two years. Now I'm sharing my proven strategies with you. Oh, and we'll keep it real, discussing mindset, money, and hardship to help you build the life of your dreams. Grab a cup of coffee and get cozy. Welcome to the Taylor DeHaze podcast. I'm so glad you're here. What's up, guys? So I've been reflecting on just the way in which I scaled my business and, you know, hiccups along the way, mindset shifts along the way. And something that I think it's just time for is a little extra tough love. And I say this because I have conversations in my DMs all the time. And and maybe some of you have chatted with me in the DMs. And I'm hearing reasons why your business is not scaling, right? And this is not a strategy episode necessarily, but I think you'll be able to pinpoint a few things um, that are holding you back, right? And something that my clients really love about working with me is I really am that nice balance between like a kick in the ass and a hug, (laughs) which is kind of a weird way to put it. But, you know, I, I know that first of all, entrepreneurship is challenging. Okay. It has never been easier to start a business. Okay. To start an online business. That does not mean it's easy to like build and scale, but I mean, all you got to do is file for an LLC, put on your Instagram bio that you have, uh, you know, you're a fitness coach, wellness coach, whatever, put a link tree up and there you go, right? You've got a business. Now, again, that doesn't mean you're going to make money necessarily, but so I want to go through some hard truths that you need to hear to make more money, scale your business, right? And I've always been like the type A go-getter, self-starter. And I know that not everybody is like that. So I will be totally transparent. Like these hard truths I'm sharing with you because I did them and I recognized them very early on. And these are truths that you can kind of take to like if any of any kind of business really. But as you're going through this, I just want you to take note and be like, you know what, Taylor, that's right. And, you know, I do have a podcast all about like the millionaire mindset. And I do encourage you to listen to that because if you are struggling to scale your business more than likely, yes, again, strategy, right? If you've never worked with a coach or or you're just kind of like guessing and winging it, like that is one thing, but we've got to fix our mindset as well. Okay. Especially when we're entering a space that is extremely saturated, but like I always say, not competitive. Okay. There's so many coaches on the internet, uh, of all kinds, and they're not all good coaches, right? We know that. So let's go ahead and dive in. All right. The first thing that I'm going to say is if you treat your business like a hobby, it will quite literally stay that way. Okay. You have to work more than you want to in the beginning. And I say this not because I am a fan of hustle culture, but I see so many people trying to scale their business and they might spend an hour a day on it. And that quite frankly, guys, is not enough to make a difference. That is not enough to gain momentum. Like I can't, I can't say that any other way. And 
I know some of y'all are starting your businesses, right? While you are working a nine to five or going to school or working part-time jobs or working eight hours in the gym floor a day. I totally understand that. But I think, you know, hustle culture is defined essentially as like uh, the 24 seven work mentality. And I'm going to be honest with you. And I, I might, I might ruffle some feathers here when I say this, but that kind of hustle is is needed at first. It really is. I'm not telling you to not sleep, okay? I'm not telling you to not schedule self-care days. But when I started my business, I was laid off and I was told that I had six weeks left at my job, in which case I did not give a shit. However, however, my job was, as you guys probably know by now, was TV news and you know, I'm busy all day. Okay. I can't stop and really do things. So, you know, I remember my days and this is this, let me just give you an idea of kind of what I was working with. So you understand, because I think sometimes people might look at me or another coach and think, wow, Taylor's making seven figures. Um, she doesn't get it. She doesn't get what I'm struggling with. And that's quite frankly, bullshit. I totally do because I've been there. I wasn't the person that had the trust fund. I wasn't the person that had it easy. If anything, my friends love to joke about how, <laughs> how my life has, uh, there's like always just like, I don't know, like either bad luck or, you know, silly things are always kind of popping up. And my friends just like joke about that. Like I'm the person that just like never has it quote easy, I guess, if you can say. Um, but you know what? It's whatever, because I've learned to overcome and adapt and I continue to do that. And so let me kind of paint a picture for you. Right. Because I think people under, people assume that TV reporting is like me sitting in an air conditioning air conditioning studio and reading the news on a teleprompter. And that's not what I did. That is like an anchor. Okay. An anchor does that. An anchor reads the news. They're not reporting on stories. They sit in air conditioning and they read a teleprompter and they go home. Okay. That is what they do. A reporter, we come in Well, I worked the day shift, meaning I worked from nine to seven, sometimes nine to six, but I was live at four, five and 6 PM. Okay. So that's like when I was on TV. So I would come to the morning meeting. That's how we kicked off our day at, you know, 930 in the morning. And we were all expected to come to the story meeting with at least three story ideas. We had to already have our interviews set up for the day. And it could not be a story that was done anywhere else, right? Like it couldn't be in another station. It could not be in the paper because that's old news, right? So you're probably thinking, Taylor, where the fuck did you find story ideas, right? So I was scouring Facebook and scouring like the mom pages and things like that, or trying to get like, I would find maybe a story that somebody else had published. And I would think about another angle that hadn't been taken, right? And so I would wake up at four, I would teach cycling at five, I would go to the gym and lift at six, I would come home at seven, shower, get my life together, and I would look for stories between like eight and eight and eight thirty, try to make some phone calls between eight thirty and nine, get to the story meeting by nine thirty. So do you see what I'm saying? Like there is literally no time. I was so busy. I was waking up so early. This is probably why my adrenals do not love me today. And then as soon as we get approved, which isn't always, then we have to go drive, do the interview, right? We have to edit the interview. We have to write the story. We have to 
get the story approved. Then after the story is approved, we edit our video and create the video and then we go live and we're done. And then sometimes there's breaking news and you get sent on multiple stories per day. So you guys wonder why I'm fast at writing content because I was having to write stories like three a day plus a web story and all of that. So again, cool. But that was the stress I was under all the time for literally years. Okay. So I would get home at seven and that's when I could focus on my business. Right. So I would just basically designate the weekends for lead sourcing. I would designate the weekends for content writing. And then during the week I would nurture and I would try to book sales calls. Okay. So Again, I was making traction where I could, but I pretty much had no social life for those six weeks at all. Then after I left my job, I had all the free time in the world because, well, I had no job other than my coaching business. But I did in those six weeks, I finished my job and I think I had like, I don't know, maybe five clients probably um, around there. So I was making like maybe $1,200 a month-ish, we'll say, right? Um, but again, I went from having a 75 K salary to, you know, a thousand dollars a month. And then a few, like some, some money from like cycling classes, but you know, after taxes, that really was not much. Um, so anyway, and my rent was $1,400 a month and I was making $1,100 a month and, you know, didn't really have systems or anything like that. I had a basic waiver probably was looking back, I mean, I think it was good, but it wasn't as good as like my, my stuff is now. But anyway, I I say that all just to remind you that like, if I can do it, you can do it too. And quite frankly, you do have to bust your ass a little bit. So again, if you keep treating your business like a hobby, it's going to stay that way. Okay. You have to work more than you want to in the beginning. Truly you do. I would say up into that six figure mark, because I think that getting to the first 5k is harder than getting to like from 5K to 10K, right? Because that's when you have to do all the backend stuff and like build your business and get your LLC and figure out your systems and your onboarding and what to use for check-ins and figure out your niche and your marketing. And and we do all of this in Fitness Coach Academy, like asterisk, asterisk, right? Like, so, I mean, I do all of this and my, my, my clients learn that for me. But again, <laughs> that's honestly why I created FCA, like side note, because I didn't have that and it was so overwhelming. And I was just like, literally winging it. So, but again, because I threw myself into my business because I decided, I decided there was no alternative. Okay. So when I talk to some of, some of you guys in the DMS or some of you guys that might be, might be early clients in FCA and you're frustrated because you're not making traction and you're, you're not getting clients. I mean, I really want you to assess like how much are you busting your ass? Seriously, like bust your fucking ass. You know, you're not going to get a client because you worked for an hour, right? This isn't like a participation, this isn't a participation award kind of a thing. I can't speak today. So, you know what I mean? I think that we oftentimes expect a lot um, with little effort. And again, it's going to feel like you're working two full-time jobs for a second. So I want you to remember that. So work more than you want to in the beginning. Because if you are trying to get to the life that so many people will never, ever get to, you have to do what nobody else is doing. All right. Here's why you're not selling. You are not selling because you suck at sales. 
And I know that sounds really harsh. I know it sounds really harsh. But when I talk about sucking at sales, I mean the entire sales funnel, okay? So when I explain the sales funnel, I mean cold lead comes into your DMs, cold lead starts talking to you, cold lead might follow you, cold lead turns into warm because they're following you, the conversation's heating up, they start to you know stalk your stories all the time, engage in your content, warm lead becomes hot, hot lead signs up, and that is a sale. That is a sales funnel. Now, what goes into that sales funnel, okay? First of all, you have to know where to find your leads. You have to know where to find your leads. Where are you looking? Are you looking at your competitors? Are you looking at people that you aspire to coach similar, uh, similarly to? Um, your content. I don't need anyone to post every single day. That does not matter. However, depending on where you're at in your business, right? Like let's say you're, you're at ground zero and all of your content right now is like your dog and you and your fiance and you and your best friends, whatever, right? You're probably going to have to post a few times a week because you want that to kind of be pushed down so that it looks like you are a fitness coach, right? Like that makes sense. Now, if you're more established and you're trying to go for like six figures or something like that, I don't need you to post seven days a week. You know, you can post three to five times a week and be golden. I really like when content breathes. What I mean by that is when somebody comes to your page, first of all, you're spending time on your content, right? You have good posts. So at least I'm hoping that you have good content. So when people come to your page, like, and you spend all this time creating these posts, I want people to read them and see them and, and digest them. So what I will say is I, cha I will challenge you for my more established coaches. I will challenge you to honestly not even post for a week, right? Like don't even post for a week. All I want you to focus on is DM strategy and getting on your stories because people are not going to come to you and be like, wow, your content is so good. Let me buy. The content is the additional selling point, but what people do and think about, think about your sales process. Think about the last time you invested in a coach. And if you haven't, what are you doing? But think about the last time you invested in a coach, okay? You probably were talking to them for a little bit. You wanted to see what they were about. So you wanted to watch their stories. You wanted to hear their voice, get their vibe, figure out how they work with their clients, right? See their wins. And then they're like, okay, this, this person is legit. I want to invest, right? That is, how, that is how that works. If there is no funnel, it will not work. So again... I'm spilling my coffee currently as we're speaking. Taylor, I should not be drinking and talking at the same time. Um, but <laughs> anyway, this is, this is what it's like working with me. I'm just kidding. But so, you know, again, what I mean by you suck at sales is your sales funnel kind of sucks, right? Now, you could also be the person that cannot get anyone to say yes to you. Again, not good at sales. I want everyone to remember that to make progress in your business, you have got to really, really be ruthless, okay? You have to be ruthless in all aspects. You have to be overcoming objections on the fucking daily on your story. You have to be bringing in 15 to 20 leads on a daily basis, okay? Because more eyeballs, more potential to sell. If you're telling me you're bringing in five leads a week, that's cute, but that ain't gonna cut it. 
It's not, okay? Because on average, if you bring in, let's say, 10 leads, maybe five will respond to you and maybe one or two will end up possibly booking a call, okay? It takes a lot. If you had a brick and mortar and people came into your store, maybe, you know, out of 10 of them, five would purchase, one would be a big purchase and the other might purchase like, you know, a keychain or gum at checkout or whatever, right? Like, I'm just, you know, think about it like that. This episode of the Taylor Living Podcast is sponsored by Six Figure Fitness Coach. That's my highly transformative high-touch mastermind designed for fitness coaches craving bigger impact and income. If hitting six figures and beyond is hashtag goals, listen up. I know you're totally overwhelmed with all the things it takes to run a business and manage your clients. Your systems have worked up until now, but they're not going to get you to six figures. Look, if you're ready to make money while you sleep and have a total 360 degree upgrade in your business, and I'm talking big launches, new offers, hiring a dream team and popping champagne, Six Figure Fitness Coach is for you. I help you create and implement a growth strategy that is customized to your business and aligned with who you are as a coach. It's pretty obvious you're a good fitness coach, but if you wanna build your empire, it's time to start acting like a damn CEO and apply for Six Figure Fitness Coach. No more guessing, following what other coaches are doing, or getting lost down the Google rabbit hole. I've helped 18 people hit their first six-figure year, so what are you waiting for? Learn more about Six Figure Fitness Coach and book a free six-figure strategy call with me in the show notes. I think that we assume that bringing in leads means we're going to sell. And I think that we assume that when we bring in leads for seven days consistently, people will buy. Real talk, y'all, it takes about eight weeks on average to turn a cold lead into a sale. So if you are giving up in the nurture process and you're constantly getting ghosted, you're not following up, you're not spending time, you're not going to land a sale. Okay. You have to do the work, even when you're not seeing results. It's like dieting, right? You've got to track your macros consistently for weeks and months before we start to see changes, like real changes. Same thing in your business, guys. So remember that, okay? Now, I do have an entire podcast on sales call strategy. So if you do feel like you're constantly getting the objections and you can't um, overcome that, you know, like the let me ask my husband or the price objection, all of that, please take a listen to that. But something that I will tell you is, you have to be overcoming those objections before you get the client, right? So I know you're all fitness coaches listening to this. You're probably not like business coaches necessarily, but talk about money, talk about investing, talk about money mindset, right? Like you have to talk about the objections before you get them. If all you're talking about is like eating more protein, meal prepping, hypertrophy, uh, people don't know that people don't really know what online coaching costs. Okay. And you have to remember too, when somebody books a call with you, they want to buy from you. They want to buy from you, but they need to make sure that you're going to give them the transformation that they want. Okay. So, you know, if somebody fills out an application, for example, and they want to lose weight and you tell them, Hey, well, you can eat more food and not gain weight. Okay, well, that doesn't compute because Sally over here said she wants to lose weight and you're telling her she can eat more food and not gain weight. It's not the same thing, right? I'm not telling you to take every one of your clients into a diet, but you've got to paint the full picture of that transformation. Okay, the next thing, hard truth, 
You feel salesy because you're not aligned with your offer, okay? You should never feel salesy or pushy, right? What happens typically is whenever you feel salesy, it is because you do not feel authentic in what you are saying, okay? Because we are all selling because we love what we do. We love our product. We know that we can get people transformations. We know that we can change lives. That's why you're fitness coaches. That's why I love working with fitness coaches. Hell, that's why I was a fitness coach and still am a fitness coach and started out as a fitness coach because I love helping people who want to help people. You guys are the best. We're the best, right? We have a great job. We have a really amazing job. We are helping people overcome food freedom. We are repairing hormones. We are fixing, you know, metabolic dysfunction. We are helping people just fall in love with their bodies again, right? Like that is an amazing job. And what about that should feel salesy? Nothing, right? So what I want you to do is, is take a second and reflect. Okay, Am I really talking to my ideal client or am I talking to FitGen 3000's ideal client, right? Like, I don't want you to copy anyone's I help statement. I want you to be true to you. And what I will say is unfollow anybody or at least mute some people where you feel like you're competing with them, right? Because something that can happen too is you're constantly comparing yourself, right? So you essentially, I guess the best way to explain this is, you know, you'll see someone's Instagram and you'll think, damn, I want to be like that person. And then you'll look at their content and think, damn, I should have posted that. And then you feel like you're always one step behind of this person. Right. And, and then you feel like you're not ahead of the game. If you follow somebody like that, I need you to mute them temporarily. Okay. Because that is getting in the way and that is causing writer's block. That is causing lack of creativity. That is causing judgment. That is causing um, jealousy. Right. And like those are things that we don't need happening. So go back, look at your offer. Are you truly aligned with it? Right. Are you pitching the benefits, not the features? Nobody gives a shit what is in your offer. I'm sorry, but they don't. Nobody cares. They want to know how you are going to change their life. How are you going to be the solution to the problem or problems that they've had for years, decades, right? All right. <laughs> this one. This one's probably my favorite. It really sucks if you are playing small because you are worried about what somebody from high school thinks of you or distant relatives or family members. So many of you guys are playing small because of fear of judgment from other people. And if we don't tackle that problem head on, we will never go bigger. And I talk about this with my clients. We actually had a conversation uh, in the Six Figure Fitness Coach Mastermind recently about this exact topic. And people were saying, you know, I'm afraid, I'm afraid for my family to see me fail. And I said, okay, well, if you're afraid that your family is going to see you fail, first of all, you're already stating out loud that you think you're going to fail or that failure is an option. If failure is an option on the table, we are always going to continue to play small. Failure is never an option. Now, let me clarify. 
yes, you have to fail and fall to get up and all that. Yes. Okay, cool. But my point is like, you can't go into a business thinking my business is going to fail, right? Like you might have a wonky launch. You might have an offer that didn't go as well as you planned, but you're not going to fail at your business. But if you say that you will, and I get it because so many people are online coaches now. And I think that, you know, for me, it was really an ego thing. Let me explain this. So like I told you guys, like when I was in, when I transitioned from news to um, coaching, I caught myself constantly introducing myself like this. Like somebody would say, oh, what do you do? And I would say, well, I was a TV reporter and now I'm an online coach. And I was like, why do I keep doing that? It's almost like I have to say like, hey, 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 I promise I'm really smart. I promise, I promise I know what to do. Like I really had a good job once. And now I'm, and now I'm just like winging it on the internet. I just, you know, talk on my camera and that's it. And that was me for like a year after news because it was my identity for so long. And I felt like people wouldn't take me seriously if I said that I was an online coach and, you know, I don't, I don't know. I guess that is technically some fear of judgment. I, I didn't feel that way on the internet. Like I don't, I never felt that way posting. I didn't give a shit. I was, I'm, I'm always unapologetic and I always have been un- unapologetic, but you know, I would just catch that in person. Like it was really hard for me to let that go. So I don't do that now at all. Um, people find out that I used to be in TV, like after they get to know me, but, uh, you know, I am a coach and end of story. So we can't care what people say about us or care what people think about us. And I always joke with my clients, like, you know, you don't like everybody. So why do you want everybody to like you? Like, who gives a shit? You know, um, the next thing I want to mention, and I kind of alluded to this earlier, but you have to talk to strangers on the Internet. You have to talk to strangers on the Internet. The longer you avoid DMing, the harder it's going to be. If you sit back and continue to think, I'm not getting traction. Nobody is talking to me. This is so hard. Yeah, everything is hard at first. Like plot fucking twist, right? Like the first time you put a barbell on your back, did you squat 135? Probably not. Unless you're a dude listening to this, then maybe you did. But you, you know what I mean? Like you don't max out day one, right? You probably start with like a dumbbell squat. Well, probably a bodyweight squat, then a dumbbell squat, then maybe a Smith machine squat or, you know, a barbell squat with just the barbell. Like you have to work on those movement patterns and it might take you a while. Right. And again, like I mentioned earlier, on average, it takes people eight weeks to go from cold to purchase. Okay. I've had people in my DMs and do all the time where they've been following me for six months, seven months, eight months, and then they finally purchase. It is not a quick process, but if you keep delaying the beginning of that process, it will never happen. It will never happen. I don't care what any other coach wants to lie and tell you, okay? Because there are coaches on the internet influencer business coaches, right? That tell you, oh, like, don't even worry about DMing, manifest it. People will come to you. People will come to you. Just keep putting out good content. That is not true. That is not true. As somebody who has less than 10,000 followers, as somebody who started their business with about 5,000 followers, okay? And again, that's not much. It's not. I can't say swipe up. And most of the people that followed me when I started my business were from work, college, uh, high school, uh, or people that I've just met along the way, a few random people for sure. I mean, they weren't all people that I knew, 
But again, I started my Instagram in 2012 and it started out as pictures of oatmeal and my Garmin watch <laughs> to show my workouts, right? So people were following me for fitness, but again, people in 2012 may not be active now. Either way, my point is I had to get in the DMs. I had to bring people into my page, right? You're not trying to make your audience buy. You're trying to find people that need your services, bring them into your universe, and then they will purchase, okay? And honestly, it really doesn't matter if you have a lot of followers. It's the same thing. I promise you those people that are telling you they don't DM are in the DMs. I, I, I can assure you, okay? Anybody that makes it look easy, please, please know that it's bullshit, okay? It's like when you're, you know, looking at ads on Instagram or you have, like, you see photos and you know there's, like, a little Photoshopping going on, right? Like, again, people are good at marketing sometimes and they do not always allude to the truth. So I want to be real with you, per usual, because it me, and, you know, I'm in my DMs one to two hours a day, okay? All the time, always. I am constantly nurturing and I am constantly chatting with people in my DMs. And if you guys are my DMs and if you guys are my clients listening to this, you freaking know that. You know that because that is how I build relationships. I don't want to just land sales with people that I don't like. I want to know that we are compatible. I want to know that I can help you. I want to know what your goals are, right? Like I want to work with badass go-getters. And so I spend time in my DMs and you have to look at it like that, right? I know you guys want to land sales and make it easy. And I want you, I know you don't want to show up on your story all the time. And I know you don't want to pitch your offer all the time. And I know you don't want to be in your DMs all the time, but like tough fucking shit, man. You're running an online business and that's part of it. Like it's part of it. Okay. And again, the longer you miss out on those three missing links or those three links, rather, there's going to be a kink. Something's not going to be working correctly. Okay. This tough love truth is one that I have to remember and one that I've definitely repeated to myself over and over again. It's really challenging, but you are the only person to blame for your failures. You are the only person to blame for your lack of motivation. You are the only person to blame for your lack of results, right? It's not your coach's fault. It's not. If you don't have a coach, well, you really can't blame them. But, you know, you are the only person to blame. You are the one that is in charge of execution. If you have a coach, for example, right, and you have strategy and you have a game plan, like it's up to you to execute. Like I can't do the DMing for you. I can't write your content for you. I can't show up on your stories for you. I can't sell for you. And those of you that are still in that miserable nine to five and you still hate it and you still are struggling or you're still, you know, not in your DMs, right? It's like, Think about the fitness stuff. Like there's some things that just to me are really annoying. Like for example, I hate, <laughs> it's very strong, but I hate taking walks sometimes, man. Like getting my steps in is hard. I don't know about you guys, but I sit at my desk and I work and I do walk to the gym and obviously I train, right? But like I, I, I can honestly sit for hours and work. I don't, I'm not the person that like fidgets a lot. So, um, 
sometimes like getting up and taking like a 30 minute walk is like a chore. But you know what? I fucking do it because I know I need the serotonin and I know I need it for my health and I know I need it for my uh, like adrenal reparation, right? And if I am not seeing results, you know, I can't blame my coach and be like, oh, these macros aren't working for me. Well, no, I didn't hit my macros and I ate cookies instead of like, you know, potatoes and rice or whatever, right? Like, but I, I, I see this mostly with like people that are afraid to start or people that just continue to like have strategy and don't execute, right? So again, I know that's a little harsh, but that's what this podcast is about. And you have to just really take ownership, right? Um, take ownership. That's really the best way I can say it. And the last thing, stop looking for shortcuts. Really, like there are none. There are literally no shortcuts. And I think everybody wants to find a shortcut, um, but there aren't any. Like there, like I can't say that in another way. Um, but there's there's no quick fix. There's really no quick fix for starting your business. Um, there's no way to scale fast because you just want to. Um, yeah, like I, I don't really know another way to say that. I will say the people that do invest the fastest are the ones that invest. So let me kind of explain this to you, right? So what I see, and, and it's all levels of business, okay? Because example number one, people that don't invest in the beginning to like kick off their business. They're using free guides and they're constantly complaining that they like, I can't afford it. I can't afford it. And I'm like, well, actually you can't afford to stay broke, right? Like you can't afford to stay broke and you don't invest where you are now. You invest for where you want to go. So I know you can't afford it, but you definitely are paying for what? Internet, apartment, cable, coffee, lashes, Lululemon leggings. I don't fucking know what else, right? Uh, I see you guys going out on the weekend, so I know you can afford that. Imagine if you just budgeted a few hundred dollars a month to invest in a coach and course to kickstart your business. And then in two, three, four, five months, you're making an extra two, three, four, five K, right? Like, hello. So, you know, the first month, the second month, yeah, the investment kind of stings. And then the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh month, that's when it's like, oh, wait, I fucking got this, right? But, you know, the only time, the only time, you know, I'm dating myself a little bit, but that you'll find something like a cheat code. Y'all, I was like obsessed with Nintendo 64 when I was younger. Okay. Where are my 90s kids at? And I used to freaking get like those Nintendo 64 cheat code magazines, literally. Like, I think I was a boy, but I wasn't. I am not. Um, but I would get like the N64 magazine and get the cheat codes. And that is literally how I beat Majora's Mask. If you know, you know. Um, but my point is that is the only time you're going to find a cheat code and that ain't real life and that ain't business. Okay. So look, I know it sounds cheesy, but your gut knows what needs to happen. Okay. You know, you can't rely on free guides. You know, you have to put some skin in the game. And the reason I've always invested in business coaches, which is like literally more than $200,000 at this point, it didn't start that way. It started with like $2,000. Okay. Is because I want the strategies, but I also want to know how they do it. I love surrounding myself with people that are smarter than me, people that are way further along than me, because that's how I grow. 
Okay. I guarantee you most of your friends and family, if not all of them don't run a business. None of my friends run a business. They don't get it. Right. So I wanted to know how they stepped into their power. How did these coaches create these epic transformations? Because it's really mesmerizing learning from those that are leaps ahead of you. And that is the closest thing to a shortcut you will ever get. Okay. Every single call, every, you know, Voxer exchange with my coach, a light bulb moment really fucking happens. I'm always inspired. All of my questions get answered. I feel totally supported. And that's when you can really like sprint and make moves, right? So I challenge you to step in the room with those who are smarter than you. Step in the room with those who have been where you want to go. Step in the room where you will get answers, okay? You know what to do. And that is the final hard truth is that you know what to do, but you're not doing it, okay? So take notes, kick ass, do big things, make moves. And as always, guys, my DMs are open. I'm not going to try to sell you something. If you have a question or a concern or a comment or whatever, please let me know. All right, my DMs are always open. And as always, if you love this podcast, y'all, share it, tag me, tag your favorite or type out your favorite hard truth because I think more people need to understand this as they are scaling. All right. Uh, That's all I got for you. I'll see you guys on the next episode. I want to give you a virtual high five for finishing another episode of the Taylor DeHaze podcast. Love the episode? Share it and tag me on Instagram. Have a question? My DMs are always open. Until next time. Bye, y'all.